Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. develop a sales filter in our mind so that we can become a master salesperson. So there's going to be, there's going to be a few steps to this. The first idea is this before, before you can um, become a sales master and then hire amazing salespeople and build a sales team the number one thing that has to be addressed is your own attitude and belief about sales. Um, If this is not addressed first and either corrected, if there's something that needs to be corrected there or gotten better at, you're going to have trouble with everything else. So I am one of the few people, I think, that believe that people are born salespeople. Um, And you'll read all kinds of books that'll say nobody's born a great salesperson. The idea is that it's literally in our genetics to be good salespeople because it is required for human life to not only exist, but to continue to move forward. A baby is always trying to figure out how to get the attention of the parents to get its needs met. And when you think about what a a sale actually is, is it's an an agreement between two or more people to make an exchange, one thing for something else. That's all that it is. Um, I firmly believe that sales is not something that you do to someone, but it's something that you do for someone. Uh, It's helping a person make a decision about something in their life that they either want to be better or fixed or more proficient through a product or a service. Uh, And part of the issue is that they have something in their life that needs something else. So the the, the need is there. Generally, the desire is there to some degree also. Uh, there's kind of like two kinds of sales. There's, a, there's the sale, there's a need, a need sale where a person actually needs something, but they don't necessarily want it. And then there's the sale where the person, they already know that they want it, right? Um, they just need to figure out how they're going to get it, whatever the, whatever the obstacles might be in their life. But before I go down that road, really, you have to address the idea of your attitude in sales. What is your attitude? I think I made a really good decision very early on uh, when I started my company. And the decision was that I was going to learn to love sales, to be extremely passionate about it. And the, here was my here was my logic behind this. I went through a couple of small rough patches in the very beginning, and one was where I sat for a week and couldn't pick up the phone. I was avoiding it. Man, was I avoiding it! It was horrible. 
and I couldn't figure out why I was avoiding it. And I, I drilled down into my own process and I realized that it had nothing to do with sales, but what it had to do with was the idea if I failed, all the people that told me that I couldn't do this would be right. And that just killed me. So right away I got that corrected, but I needed to, I needed to move forward in sales and I needed to get good at it. And at first I was very mediocre at best. And one of the reasons that I was mediocre was that I was making a huge mistake that, that almost every salesperson makes in the beginning because they don't know and they don't know that they don't know this, is that they're allowing the potential customer or client to sell them in the reasons why they can't do something. So in any situation, when two people come together, one person's going to sell the other. One person is going to sell the other. And if you're not solid in your ability to set to sell, the reasons why you want to sell, your understanding your product or service, where you have a, a really solid song, uh, a, a strong self-image around this, almost every time somebody else is going to sell you. In the beginning, there is a bit of a disadvantage. And one of the disadvantages is, is that you're going up against people that have had a belief system for a very long period of time, and they really believe it. So you may be just starting out and you're changing your belief system and it's not, it's not as strong. So you've got to put a lot of conscious attention and effort into changing that. And there's ways to do that, which we'll talk about. And they're not, they're not difficult, but it is, it must be a conscious decision because if it's not a conscious decision, it's not going to happen on its own. We're, we're born, literally born, to try to communicate with other people. When we grow up and we have poor people skills, poor sales skills, um, uh, poor skills to ask for what we want, those things are learned. Those are learned by bad experiences that we have had through our life. So the idea is if I'm going to address my sales attitude, I need to come from the place of this is something that I want to be great at. And I decided I'm going to be great at this because I'm not going to get up out of bed every day knowing that sales has to be done and I'm dreading going into the process, just dreading it. And I see people do that. And first of all, if a person can't get past that, you might as well go do something else because you're never going to get around the idea of sales. You either, you're either going to make the sales yourself or you have to build a strong team that can make sales and you have to be able to know how to sell and how to train people to do that. So you have to learn it either way. You have to learn it either way. So there's three things that are very important to learn before you start hiring salespeople. Number one is finding the potential client or customer being able to find the potential client or customer. Number two is to be able to actually sell that person, right? Some people call it closing. Some people call it selling, whatever. You have to be able to close the deal. You have to be actually able to close that deal. And then the third one is to develop a continued relationship so that there are more sales that come out of it, or there's referrals that come out of it, uh, but it continues on with a process. 
one of the big mistakes that people will make is that they'll make a sale and it's like they run away and they go hide. They don't want to, you know, they don't want the person to see them anymore. And that's just when the process is starting because you have to develop that relationship with a potential client. Until you get really good at all three of these things, it's not a good idea to go out and start hiring other salespeople. One of the reasons is that when they come back and they tell you that they're having a problem with something with their own sales, how are you going to know if it's true? How are you going to know if it's, if it's BS or if it's a real problem? Is it a marketing problem? Is it an advertising problem? Is it a, a people skills problem? You won't know. You won't know because you haven't done the work to move past and through your own belief system in order to become really great at this yourself. So the attitude to become great at this is I'm going to master these three things so that I get really, really good. Now, what are the steps to mastering this? So I give you these, you just write them down, and then we'll go into them more as, the, as these days, uh, as I go through these over a few days. Number one, which we've already kind of addressed, is your work ethic. One of the interesting thing, things about sales is that it requires a lot of work. There's a lot of steps in sales. And within those steps, part of it is that you're understanding your own product and service. You have to know your product or service inside out. You have to know it so that you understand what the benefit is for your product or service to help someone else. And you have to know it compared to the objections that you get, right? So that means that there's a bit of study that happens. You pay to pay attention to what questions people are asking you about your product or service, what it does, how long will it take, all of the different things that could be involved in it. And it's different for every product or service. It's different for every business. You've got to be really competent at doing that. And you can't get competent doing it if you don't, if you don't build up the next thing, which is your self-image. Your self-image. In other words, you have to really believe in yourself. If you don't, a potential client or customer will see that a mile away. Now, there's a little bit of a deeper problem that goes on with this one. And that is that the, the ideal client that you want to be selling, if you don't really believe in yourself, they're not going to see you just as you have a hard time seeing them. If I'm, because one of the things about an ideal client is that they want your product or service, or they want the result of your product or service. They may not even know about your product or service, but they want the result of what it is because they're, they're, they're addressing something in their life. If they know this, if a person knows this, obviously they're going to want somebody that can do well at that. Well, do well in helping them solve the problem. Someone that's that's educated and, and, and has the skill, but also has the confidence to be able to do it. And you can see a lack of confidence a mile away when it comes to something that's very important to you. We've all had experiences where we were looking for something and we need help. And we've run into people 
that kind of act like they know what they're doing, but they really don't. And you can see that right off. Your ideal client will not want to buy from you if you don't have that self-image, if you have not really locked in that self-image. So it's very important that you sincerely believe in you and your, and your product or service. You also have to start developing people skills. Now, people skills, the interesting thing about people skills is that you can develop people skills every day, almost in every situation. It is your ability to have a conversation, your ability to ask for what you want, and your ability to do this one thing very well. Listen. Listen. Make sure you write that down. Listen. When I, when I am going through sales recordings, when people send me sales recordings and I'm listening to what they're doing, what's happening with this interaction that they're having, I can tell right off if that person is listening to the client or not. And any indication that you're not listening will always be picked up by the client. It'll be picked up in, in with some kind of idea of non-interest uh, or, or, or the person doesn't think that they think they're important enough, that type of thing. But, but what's worse is this. When you're sitting there talking to a potential client, you're on a sales call, and you're having a conversation in your head about this person, this call, closing the sale, not closing the sale, what if something goes wrong, creating confusion in your mind. If, that, if all of that craziness and confusion is going on in your mind, you're not listening. There's no way you could be listening to what they're actually saying. Being worried that you're not gonna be able to answer a question, these internal conversations, you have to work at stopping them. And how do we work at stopping them? It's not difficult to do. It's understanding what's actually happening, right? Fear is what's controlling that problem, really, or what's creating that problem. And what is it the fear of? The fear of not making a sale, the fear of, of being rejected, the fear of not having enough money, right? These are these are not new to you, right? You, you, you understand these. Never be afraid to not make a sale. And I, I do believe that that's a decision. I do believe that it's a decision. There's no reason to go into your business every day and be afraid of not making sales. There's just no reason. And if you want to overcome fear, the best way to overcome fear is to become very competent at what it is that you do, right? If you're looking at yourself and you're looking at, at you being afraid during a sales call or before you get on a sales call or after a sales call or anywhere in there, ask yourself what that fear is about. What is it that you're really afraid of? And address that thing, Right, because one of the things about fear, which is really, which is really a weird thing, is let's say you're afraid you're not going to make the sale, and then you're not going to have any money, and then you're not going to have a business, or the people are going to see you, and you're going to be rejected, and it's going to be embarrassing. And what does the fear have us do? It has us move away from sales instead of actually making sales, so that we don't experience the reality of that fear. It's really weird, but that's the way that it, that's the way that it, it happens. So. We want to get rid of the fear. Somebody once told me, you don't want your business 
being a make or break situation with any one particular client. Like I've got to close this client. I, you know, I, I just have to, I've got a quota that I've got to meet, or I need four people in this program or whatever. I absolutely have to close. No, you don't. Your attitude in the sales call should be, and I'm not saying this from an arrogant place, but from, from a very healthy place, that your product is so good and you're so good that they should be selling you on why you should take them on as a client. That really should be your thought process. But from a healthy idea of self-respect, self-identity, professionalism, really thinking great things about what you do. Never be afraid to say no to a client. Never be afraid to say, this is, this is not going to work. I don't think this is a good fit. Never be afraid to take a client that you, that you don't feel is a good fit for you and send them somewhere else. And then the, and then the big kahuna is stop trying to sell people that are not your ideal client. Stop trying to sell people that, you're, that are not your ideal client. So the more you understand your ideal client, the better. Because you'll be able to see, is this person my ideal client or not? Now think about this for a moment. In your day-to-day -day life, in finding people, if we, address the, if we address the idea of I need to find people to sell, you need to tune your filter and you need to tune your, your internal radar into what you're looking for specifically. What is that ideal client for you? And you need to train yourself to begin to notice that everywhere that you go, right? In every situation, you can notice it in movies, you can notice it in television, you can notice it on the news, you can notice it on social media, you can notice it if you're at a restaurant. The better you get at seeing someone and being able to tell all the different nuances that make that person your ideal client, the better you're going to be at finding business. But it's something you train yourself to do. So even when you're not working and you're around other people, you're thinking to yourself, Is this, would this person be an ideal client for me? It doesn't take a long time to think that. It's, a, it's generally a yes or a no question. But you're training yourself to see what you need to be able to notice so that you can actually move into the sale. Whenever I hear salespeople saying that they can't find people or having trouble finding individuals that are qualified, I know that they have not developed this skill. They have not. When you develop the skill, you will see your people everywhere, everywhere that they are, okay? Um, let's see. One other thing that I wanted to touch on, the belief in the product. I just want to go back to this one moment, the belief in, in the product or the service. Think about it like a teeter-totter, okay? You're having a conversation with a potential client. They have a belief system. Now, an ideal client does not need to be convinced about why they should buy from you. If you're in a convincing situation, you have one of two problems taking place. 
either you have the wrong client or you're not explaining the benefits of what your product or service does so that they understand how it solves their problem. That means you have to understand what their problem is and you have to understand how their problem gets solved. And you have to understand how your product or service solves that problem. But it's not just understanding it, it's believing it to your core. To your core. Because here's the truth. Whenever a sale is made initially, a person is buying your belief that your product or service will help them. That's what they're buying. They're buying your belief. They're buying your certainty. More than what you're telling them it can do. Because the truth is they don't know. Even if they read a bunch of, ton, you know, a million reviews about you or a million testimonials where people say, man, this person's the shit and their, their stuff is great and blah, blah, blah. They have not experienced it yet. So when they believe, when that level of belief transfers over from you to them, a level of trust occurs. So knowing what you do, knowing how you solve the problem, and being able to explain it to them so that they understand it, will, in a very confident way, transfers that belief. Extremely important. Probably more important than anything else. Because everything else changes, but that doesn't. And then the number one skill that has to be developed on the front end is always follow-up. It's where we see people drop the ball the most. They get a bead on a client or a potential client, and they make an initial reach out, but they don't follow up. Sometimes your best clients and customers have to be followed up with, up with for an extended period of time. But developing a consistent follow-up practice, right? There's an old saying, fortune is in the follow-up. It's follow-up, 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 follow-up. Staying with that person persistently over a period of time, right? Until they tell you, get out of my life, don't ever, don't ever reach out to me again. You follow up on a regular basis, whatever it is. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once every three months. Maybe it's once every six months. Maybe it's once a year. Whatever it is for your business, whatever's best for your business, you've got to follow up consistently. And then the decision in the, in the very, very beginning, and this is the most important part of today because we'll go through the rest of this in a little more depth. What is your attitude towards sales? And are you willing to change it to just loving it and being passionate about it. It's the number one thing that you have the control to change in your business that is the difference not only between the life and death of your business, but between mediocre, having a mediocre business and having an extraordinary business. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, Go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.